Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We are back, Will. How are you? I am doing lovely. It's the end of the year, and uh, Christmas is coming. Yeah, and, um, and the goose is getting fat. Yes, Christmas uh, is coming. <laughs> the goose is about to get fat. <laughs> Did you eat turkey last week? Because turkey was... Oh, you know, I'm, two weeks I'm ago, vegetarian, we... so you know, I, I, I had you all know, the sides. I, I don't think I knew that. Did I know that? I thought you knew that. Yeah, I yeah, I had all the good sides. I didn't know that you were vegetarian. Okay, so you had tofurkey, or no, to, to, what do they call it? It's like a... <laughs> tofu, you're right, tofurkey, but no, I didn't have no tofurkey. I had uh, the, the, you know, the collard greens. I made the collard greens veggie, you know, put any pork fat in them oh, things. And then, okay. uh, you know, sweet potatoes and all the good stuff, so. Oh, all right, well, that's yeah. a new fact for me. I don't think I, I did not know. Hmm, okay. All right, so, so what's, what's um, happening? I'm going to start us off with our music tip, and it's a very simple tip. Um, and I don't know if I've used shared this before, but um, everybody probably by now uses uh, some backup system and some online cloud-based backup system. But uh, for me, the most effective one that I found is Google Drive. Mm-hmm. And I tell my students this because, you know, they're doing their work and, they're, they're saving it on thumb drives. And I said, use Google Drive and back up all your homework. So yeah. same thing with your music. Back up your music, back up, you know, your, your communication with with clients. It's in the cloud. Uh, Google. I don't think Google servers are going to go down. So uh, that's hope. the best place <laughs> for me. You know, well, you know, I mean, if, if anybody's stuff is going to go down, they'll go down before Google. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, so and then that's that's pretty much it is. It's a very efficient backup system. It has 15 gigs free. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I, I told my students what I do is for each project, I like create an email address for each project. And that's 15 gigs of free memory. Mm, gotcha. So okay. there you go. I never thought of a per email address. Yeah. The backup yep. backup is life. Backup, backup and do the yep. backup for the backup and then another backup. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's the short tip. All right. No, it's a good one. And I think it's just a good uh, friendly reminder. I think, you know, we all kind of know, oh, yeah, we need a backup. And it's like, oh, gosh, yeah, I need a backup and make sure I'm, you know, efficient with it. So mm-hmm. thank you. Well, yeah. I am, I am every week. I just have a big old smile on my face because we get to bring in such wonderful people and um i'm really excited about this guest because this is this is a little personal for me today a little personal um because (laughs) (laughs) i'm bringing on a guest who uh, we have a song out right now in live time that is doing it's 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 doing really well and it's still pretty early in the holiday season and it's a holiday song so um i'm I was really excited to invite the producer um, of this song. The song is a rearrangement of my favorite things. We've titled it just favorite things. Um, But I want to just say something about this, 
this guy, he's, you know, I'm, I asked him to be on his best behavior today because I'm going to say really wonderful things. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I think it's working with producers is a really can be a really special a really special, special, special thing. And I think sometimes um, singers, we we may get a little too caught up on just us and our voice and our song or whatever. And, you know, and, and can't maybe always put our lens on the importance of collaborating with um, a producer who gets you. And I think when you find those artists who have like amazing music, very rarely. I mean, you have these unique situations like our Prince, like our Stevie Wonders who do everything themselves. But a lot of those artists where you're just hearing that magic, there is there is this this collaboration typically with a producer that um, I think really is what creates the fire. And so I've just I feel really, really blessed that I've been able to work with some wonderful producers. So this gentleman is is definitely one of them, and I'm going to let him tell his story and who he is. So, welcome, Stu Stapleton. How are you? Uh, what a what an introduction! I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> good, good morning. How how, how are y'all doing? Y'all doing all right? Good, good, doing fantastic. Good. Oh, I you know I could I could I could go on and on. I don't want your head to get like insanely big so i'm not I going it. to yet <laughs> i appreciate that you gotta do it in doses you gotta you gotta baby step we it. gotta do it in doses I understand. Do it in doses. <laughs> but if you could just tell our listeners i i think that you know i know you've got your you know following and people who know you are who know who you are but i think there's a lot of people who may not and um instead of me just reading a bio i'd love for you just to explain who you are as as I guess as an artist and how you got there. What's your background? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I don't really see myself as a as an artist per se, but it's kind of I've I guess built a following over the last couple years um, through social media marketing or YouTube or just you know just developing a presence for uh, sort of building platforms for for many different things in the music industry. And uh, I guess comes with or with that comes kind of a, a artist type of profile and. Uh, Right now, I guess I kind of fall under the uh, the space of producer musician. Um, the production thing has just kind of developed its own space for me now, and it's it's been a blessing mm -hmm. on a lot of different um, a lot of different spectrums, a lot of different genres, a lot of different artists, and it's it seems to be actually kind of kind of moving and and thriving and kind of you know my bread and butter right now, which is great. Um, I I didn't first start like that. I was I was definitely more of the the player. Or just um, you know, just just a you know, gun for hire, or, you know, just a, a, a musician at trait. So that's kind of mm -hmm. where my my roots of that was when I when I first started getting into the industry, and uh, it's kind of where I thought I'd, I'd make um, the most strides, um, and still do. I still I still have aspirations, and I still have some some different things going in, in other places than where I'm located in Nashville that of course are, you know, the touring aspect of me and the live musician and that level mm -hmm. of me is, is still there. I'm just looking for the situations that you kind of, you know, play to that. And, um, but I guess for, for lack of better terms right now, as I said, a, pr a producer musician and, and, uh, whatever other hat that needs to be worn, I'm, I'm lucky to be around <laughs> some people now. I'm, I'm just in me, I'm in music videos as like an actor and I'm in other stuff. That's mm -hmm. just like, I just, just completely, 
completely random, but hey, if you, <laughs> if you get a call, they say, I need you to show up. I'm, I'm, I don't care. Whatever it is, it, it, there's really no such bad thing as bad marketing. So it's all, it's all a great thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How, ahead, how did you actually, uh, yeah. How, how did you actually get started? Um, I know for a lot of musicians, their, their musical journey usually starts with either parents or family or, you know, what's, what's in mm-hmm. the house and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, you, you sort of get inspired, I guess, along the way, because that's, that's what happened to me. Um, but what, yeah, what, what got you started on your instrument? And then, you know, who were some of the people that influenced you, like men- mentors, but also people you listened to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, well, I mean, just briefly, I was, I was born in, in South America, in Paraguay, and adopted from, at a, you know, as a baby. So um, my adopted family, whom, in their defense, are not overly musical uh, musical people um completely mm. different musical tastes than i have and uh, my mom played like clarinet and some things in a band and she plays the recorder and some stuff you know nothing <laughs> nothing serious and my dad just you know <laughs> he just enjoys like old uh almost doo-wop like barbershop quartet stuff from like the 50s mm. he, you know he's he's 80 ish mm. you know he's it's just completely different <laughs> so it's yeah. a whole different spectrum i didn't grow up with the music um that i, I kind of passionate about in this pop soul trap soul r&b funk fusion you know i didn't grow up with earth wind and fire in the house i didn't grow up with you know parliament or you know any any sort of stuff like that so it's stuff i mm. discovered later but they did put me in classical music um around uh i think around six i believe i was um wow. i started taking classical piano um it just happened i think my mom was at a garage sale down the street and uh there was a lady there and she, you know he just she begged her to uh take me in as a student she didn't usually take younger students but she she um mm. linda dr linda jenks colby uh she actually studied <laughs> under uh abby simon who was a mm. renowned professional pianist in new york and uh she was under him for a while and and she stopped playing professional for for a little bit but she happened to live down the street in the middle of nowhere in colorado who knew (laughs) so and then and she took me in at six and i became kind of like her her star little pupil i guess you know i i was never really into classical music um i didn't really enjoy it i respect it but it just never Mm -hmm. moved me but uh she she definitely wasn't traditional with just hey just sight read do this play it down be able to do this and this we we, we um, focused a lot on on nuances of of music and dynamics right. and and I think that was a very important thing that that carries into um to what I do to not, today you know I'm able to pay attention to nuances and dynamics within different genres and just moments and really trying to bring out certain expressions within genres and I think that that's a direct correlation to how she kind of you know taught me because I just didn't I didn't really catch the whole sight reading thing real well but I can remember stuff like immediately like I have a memory I can memorize 20 mm. pages and it's no problem and mm. but the, wow. the whole the whole sight reading thing for me was just not the play I was like oh lord this is not it I'm just not a fan <laughs> like, I don't I don't want to do it I just it's not a thing that it doesn't click with me and for classical music that's kind of a big thing and um mm-hmm. but I did that six through 18 basically um that was basically my background I didn't I didn't have any other background um and, and, and in my defense as well, I was uh, sports were, were the majority of my world as well, trying mm-hmm. to balance those. But I was, you know, soccer was uh, 
was my my thing. That's what I was planning on doing professionally, and that's where I was tracking myself to do. So, you know, I played mm-hmm. for you know the Olympic development program and some other club teams and some stuff, and I was gone a lot with mm. that. By the time I was 16, 17, 18. so you know, I, I fit in piano, but piano wasn't it wasn't a thing. Um, I know the first the first time it shifted for me. Um, uh, let's see, I think it was maybe 16, 15 or 16. I don't remember one of those two, but, uh, I think the first R and B album before like, you know, popular stuff, like I think R Kelly and the chocolate factory were back in there. It was, a, was all big, whatever. I don't mm-hmm. remember. But like the, the first real R and B album that kind of shifted me was Glenn Lewis world outside my window. <laughs> It's like one of the first albums I randomly discovered. Okay. I don't know why it's just, but I remember that album distinctly. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is dope. I like, I, I'm digging this because from, from there on, I was hip hop. Mm-hmm. It was all hip hop, man. I was listening to another Tupac, Biggie. I was sneaking in there, sneaking Ludacris in. Right. Like, I loved all that. And yeah. I, I was so in, intrigued by it. Cause I was like, Oh, these dudes are dope, man. Like, all these beats and all this rhythm stuff. It's like, wow, these dudes must be geniuses. I had no idea that, you know, they're taking samples from cool in the game. From Earth <laughs> exactly. I had, I had no idea at the right. time. So I'm, I'm thinking these guys are on this pedestal and I was like, I got to do that. Like I want to be a rapper. Mm. Cause I mean, they're figuring it out. So it wasn't mm. then until I started discovering some R and B shifts and I, I was like, man, this is completely different, but the progressions are cool. And then later after that, mm-hmm. I discovered D'Angelo. D'Angelo mm-hmm. is probably one of my biggest musical influences to this day is mm. by far my if not my favorite artist one of my top two or three favorite artists i, I mm. i'm just mm. as everything about d'angelo's music is is great to me i love every bit of it and the feel mm. thing mm. for me so and i mean he's heavily influenced by of course prince and and whatever else you want right. but I, I see a lot of prince in d'angelo and um right. he's just you know and I, and from there um i started to develop different different motives and whatnot so um that helped that shift. And then when I went to school, I went to Elon University for a while. Um, okay. I, I got to have a, um, a an outlet to do different stuff. I was singing in the gospel choir when I was there. And that shifted mm. quickly into um, a young girl named Brittany Williams. She asked me to play a praise and worship. It was a praise and worship song for us. Uh, you Are Holy. Lisa McClendon was the first gospel song I ever learned. And uh, okay. that kind of shifted me into, oh, like people people do this this is a thing oh okay cool i'm with it so let me let me figure this out and then i remember being in one of the studio labs like maybe two months later um and hearing adam blackstone play on pharrell's and the yes sirs um track take Mm -hmm. it off and it's a they're in the studio Mm -hmm. playing and i that video I watched for six weeks straight. It's like a two minute clip and I could, I was breaking core. I was trying to break the chords now cause I didn't have an ear yet. And eh, that was everything. I was like, what is this? Where have I been? Like, this is a real thing. What's going on. Yeah. And, uh, it, that really started to shift the evolution. And, um, I studied a little jazz, jazz stuff with the, with the jazz professor there. Um, cause that was the other closest thing I could get to anything else. Um, Jan Metzger, he's a vibes, mm-hmm. vibes, uh, player and, uh, you know, just some, some sure. improv stuff and just, and I'm not really a jazz jazz guy at all. I, I, people think I am sometimes they're like, Oh yeah, you know, you, you play a lot of jazz. I'm like, actually I'm like the <laughs> furthest thing from jazz. It's, it's not even in my vocabulary at all. And it's just funny to me that people mm-hmm. think that. So, but it's kind of like the, the approach to how it kind of got to before I kind of jumped in the industry. So that, that brought me up to mm-hmm. about 21. And then, you know, we, it, it took a turn after that. Cause I, I stopped playing soccer. My career kind of stopped at 21 after an injury. Um, 
and mm-hmm. that kind of shifted me into decision making. And I pretty much jumped into the industry maybe at 22, 22 and a half, 23. Um, so and, and then from there, it just it was a whole interesting shift of how it, it quickly elevated from gigging to churches, mm-hmm. to non-churches, to to being this and, and studying. I just took a huge leap in playing in like two years. And, you know, by the time I was 26, it was or 25 where a whole different space so it was interesting but wow. that's kind of where the the original oh. the original framework the evolution. actually came from yeah that's that's yeah. the quick version of that so wow that is i mean and, and it's so funny you said you know 21 i mean i think people you're very young i tease you all the time because i'm like i, yeah, I am i am 30 he's I a mean, millennial you know, we're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. He's we're 30. On the he just we're hit the three zero mark. I did. <laughs> and I, I, you've done a lot. And it's interesting hearing you tell this story when you, the thing that jumped out to me when you just told it was when you said your um, piano teacher, when you were, you know, young, taught you about nuance. And that, that to me is, that's what drew me to you as a, as, as someone I wanted to work with. Um, just real quick, I saw um, the way that I met Stu is he was, I have no idea how I saw this video on Facebook. I think somebody must have shared it and I was friends with that somebody. But you had done a rearrangement of a Robert Glasper song. And, you know, Robert Glasper, you know, already does so much with his rearrangements. And I think it's hard to, when you have someone talented like that, to go and then try to either redo their stuff or, you know, definitely don't want to mimic it, but so much. But you had done, you. it wasn't like you strayed so terribly far from Robert Glasper, but there was, and here's the word, there was a nuance. There was a something that made it like, right. huh. You know, and I know for me, I'm really into nuance. That's like my thing. I want to see if you're paying attention to mood and moments. And it's those very slight, small things that make me just go like crazy. They give me just the goosebumps and all this stuff. And it can be so small. And so it was the nuance that made me like, ha ha, I need to talk to that guy because (laughs) something there, he's getting that. And I think that special producers, when you, when you look at, you know, I mean, you know, from your Quincy Jones to your baby faces to your, mm. you know, um, Terry so, Lewis, yeah. Jimmy Jam, them, they, yeah. there, there is a nuance factor that's going on, which is why they can do so many genres, yeah. which is why yeah, they yeah. can, because yeah, they're, they're, they're not so much caught up in, you know, that genre as much as the nuance so that whatever the genre is, right, right, it, right. it stands, mm-hmm. it stands right. out. So I just right. think that's, that's really special. And I'm glad that. You said that. Um, I guess I have a question. You've taken a lot of leaps, Stu. Like, I, <laughs> I'm saying, this is like, you know, going from, I don't know how you had Glenn Lewis in your lap. I, I don't, I have no idea how that <laughs> I crossed. don't know either. Yeah. It was the, <laughs> ran, the most random R&B artist ever to fall into my lap. But hey, I loved it, man. Don't you but forget it was like the too. song. Like, I love that, man. I just love oh that Oh my God, thing. I love his first album. I thought it was yeah. genius. I loved Glenn Lewis's first. But right. I, I, in knowing you and watching you these past, I guess we've known each other. I don't know, maybe four about years, three, three or four yeah, years. Yeah, three or four years. Yeah, yeah three or four that. years. And even in that small time, I've seen so much leaping and growing. And, well, I'm doing this now and I'm going here. What? Where does that come from? Because I think this is a really important thing that artists need to understand, the leap. Yeah. What, how, how does um, that happen? You mean like where is it coming from or just or just you mean like, like is how that do you your take personality? the jump? Like well, both. Where does it come from okay. and how do you do it? Yeah. Um. Well... Uh, 
I guess at first, um, the reason I started, you know, jumping, I, I was frustrated. You know, when I jumped in the industry about 22, I didn't know anything but the gig in life. You go in and you, you start, for lack of better words, man, you're on the chitlin' circuit, man. You're doing churches, you're doing club gigs, you're doing whatever <laughs> you can. It's four or five gigs. It's a lot. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's draining because you don't make the money that you think you're chasing and, and you're chasing like a tour gig or something. And there's, there's, there's different stages mm-hmm. of this and, um, you get burned out quick. And, uh, yeah. you know, I did some stuff, you know, like I said, with the, the BB Kings organization as well, which was a money thing. And I've played for the house band when I was here recently, um, in the last couple of years. And, and that's something there. It's just, you start to, you know, you start to look at what are the people who you look up to really doing, you know, I, I uh, mm. I made my leaps, um, quickly at 22. I broke, uh, I broke down, all the Robert Glasper albums and I just studied voicings and movements and I love it gravitated toward me. So I loved that. I broke that down and sat there for three months and developed it. Mm. I broke down D'Angelo stuff. Cool. Did that. I broke down Doobie Powell. Those are some of my biggest musical influences. D'Angelo, Robert Glasper and Doobie Powell um, are, mm. you know, that's just the feel that I liked. And I was like, man, these guys got it. So I took, you know, six, seven months of every day, not going to class and I eventually dropped mm. out of school because it just it was you know whatever i'm not saying you don't the education is not important it just for me it's not right. it wasn't doing anything um and uh and that's what i that's what i that's what i did with that my time wasn't out just hanging out or doing you know other stuff no i was in the workroom eight nine hours ten hours trying to figure out mm. yo how do i explain this to myself how do i figure out how to if i don't understand you know it's uh we're we're taking you know the Lydian dominant over the the six five. If I don't understand this stuff, how can I figure it out so I get it and I can explain it to somebody else and I can recreate it whenever I need to. So I, mm. I, that's what that's how that leap for playing first came in, and with that you start to elevate as a player. You start to bring yourself into new circles, and and you start you know learning from older. I, I was blessed to be around some older cats. I mean that in the most respectful way, but you know cats that are. 40, mm-hmm. 50, 60, who grew up in this generation playing this R&B, this soul stuff, or, you know, this older traditional stuff. And they'll, they'll humble you. I remember in rehearsals, they'll, they'll stop me like, hey, Stu, like, hey, this, is, this isn't it. Like, do not do that. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> you do it again. We'll hire somebody else. Like, figure it out. Right. Like, just play the part. Right. There'll be a time for you, but this isn't it. So I had some, some guys in, in my, um, my, my earlier 20s that uh, kind of just set me straight like hey this isn't this isn't it like stop you're uh, this isn't mm. what we want to hear just make it feel good and and starting to really dive into that and you know being around different players um from you know la to atlanta to memphis and and starting to understand feels and, and different you know backgrounds a quartet to like country like just country country soul or like gut bucket blues or even like just deep down like just R&B to the core or straight pop and stuff. You start to see how stuff gels and in the, in the inner workings of these, these fields and these genres. And then you can kind of start to bridge the gap. Cause I'm a very uh, kind of in between producer. My feels mm-hmm. aren't quite one way, one way. I mean, a lot of people say I have like a very West coast kind of feel, or sometimes it's very mm-hmm. like, I, don't, it, I do gravitate toward the West coast just feel wise. And just, if I had to say playing, I don't know why that is, but it's such a melting pot in California. Mm-hmm. I could see why. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. And, and as far as the leaps, I mean, I just, I've always expected a high standard of myself. I had it, I didn't have it the, the easiest way going in for, for recruiting for, for sports. And, uh, I made my mm-hmm. way to, you know, division one schools and, 
playing briefly and then you know i ended up going somewhere else and playing and then i ended up playing on a, a second division pro team and I was I was mm. in that weren't putting myself in positions to you know go to the compound and get drafted and I, I was you know I, I was put I was that guy out there at three in the morning by myself you know at school not wow. sleeping but out there training you know trying to get better same thing I do in the practice room I go in three or four in the morning I'm the one in there just listening and just figuring stuff out and um, mm. that's that's kind of what it takes and and and, it, and I get kind of sometimes defensive or you know just kind of a very nonchalant like attitude when people always kind of come at me like hey but what, how you doing this or kind of ask for handouts in a way because i'm i'm personally i'm like look <laughs> i didn't i didn't have help like y'all could have helped me and a lot of people could have but they didn't yeah. and yeah. like so i don't i'm not going to give you hands i don't mind trying to help in there but like if you're not going to put the work in and yeah i feel right. like anybody right. who's successful you know will tell you this who's elite at what they do they're going to tell you that the, the work ethic and what you do behind the scenes, man, you're going to it's going to take eight, nine years to get you to that one year where people are like, man, you're dope. Where'd you come from? Well, I've been grinding for eight years to build <laughs> right. this craft. Mm -hmm. exactly. You know what I mean? And that's exactly. that's that's a real thing in the, in the industry. And um, that kind of yeah. comes in with the leaps of faith. So and, and that's like the, the framework of that. But go ahead and go ahead. What would you say? Yo, actually, no, you, you actually hit on one of the questions I was going to ask, because that's um, I was going to ask what was the one pivotal thing that you did that you that you can point to that you did that actually added to your success. And that's pretty much it is like, you know, you focused in on on being good at what you do and you study. And yeah. it's the same thing I tell my students, um, you know, and I'm, I'm blunt. I'm like, yeah, you don't have to be in college to actually learn what you need to learn. Right. You right. can go on YouTube. Everything yeah, you want to know is wow, wow. on YouTube. It is. So, uh, but, you know, I tell them the reasons why they're in college is because you, it's there, you're there to network and you're there to, to meet mentors and a whole Absolutely. bunch of other things, plus get a, get a degree. But, um, but yeah, there, there's, but if you are hungry and you want, and you know what you want, that's, I mean, that's it. Go, go get it. Cause it's Absolutely. right there for you. And, and that, and you, you hit completely on that. And I'm, you know, I appreciate you, uh, giving that, that, that charge to, to people mm -hmm. out there that, that really, you have to go hunt for it. It's not, right, it's not going right. to show up yeah. on your doorstep. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't, so, it doesn't at all. It's, it's a thing you gotta, unless you come from a situation, you know, there's a couple, you know, people who might, you might come up in a musical family say your dad is, I don't know, say your dad was Adam Blackstone or something, you know, well, that's one of the mm -hmm. best MDs in the business. You know, you have an mm -hmm. in just because you have that, not necessarily given anything, but you have connections because of that. So if you're right, not right. in those situations, you do have to build it. And there's no excuse. You're right. Technology is a neighbor. I mean, YouTube was one of my best friends. I sat and broke down yeah. countless <laughs> albums. I study to this day what I do on my free time, too, among other things. But I take live live concerts, shows from the artists I like, Rihanna shows, Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, Usher, Osa. I'll take their mm -hmm. tour concerts and I break them down. I break down mm -hmm. all the arrangements. I break down the transitions. I'm looking at, hey, what are they doing? Because, I mean, that's that's ultimately the, the artists. I, I, you know, that kind of level artist is if I'm going to be touring, that's where I'm at. And I, I want to yep. know right. what's going, what is being heard in these big arenas? What kind of arrangements are they doing? What, you know, are artists enjoying? Because I want to be able to be in that mindset, whether I'm playing it, whether I'm playing lead, auxiliaries lead or if whether i'm md and it doesn't matter i just want to make sure i'm capable of doing that stuff and people yeah. underestimate the power of having a platform too i mean i built a platform um the video that kenya mentioned you know we started doing that because i just got sick of waiting on people and 
I was like, you know what? Let's just <laughs> let's just do something and let's see and try to build some some followings. You know, and, and I'm not like trying to build a big one, but all of a sudden, like my YouTube has like I don't know, 22 or 2300 subscribers. A couple of videos are <clears> 60, 70 thousand views. I mean, that that's that's d- people who follow you and ask for stuff and, and cool, you know, Instagram gets, gets good hits and whatnot. There's a good following there. Like you don't ever know. And that's led to a lot of things, not just this, um, the Kenya situation, which I think is beautiful, man. I've, I can see the evolution and, um, from the first thing we did to now. And, um, I think it's, it's beautiful just to see that. Cause I, I really love the arrangement that we were able to come up with and I can hear the growth and, yeah. and the production, the arranging and the players too. Like I have a couple of close friends that have been basically brothers to me, man. Um, one actually mm-hmm. Jew, they're both playing on that, that track. That's hilarious. Um, Justin Abraham yeah. and Alejandro <laughs> Medina, I, Alejandro's playing bass and Justin's playing drums, but I've known both of them for close to 10 years. Um, and uh, mm. they've been mm-hmm. they're right there, and we've been there through the thick and thin. And we talk we talk raw to each other. I talk bad to them to their face. They talk bad to me when they're messing up, and and we we've been able to grow because <laughs> they have that expectation. Yeah. They're both twenty um, twenty eight, no, both twenty nine. Mm. They just both turned twenty nine. Sorry, and. Um, mm. You know, I'm trying to push them. And Alejandro is, is on the road right now with a country artist. And, and Justin's been doing a bunch of stuff with different artists and stuff. And he and we still have West Coast aspirations for the tour. And I know the level it has to be. So it's it's been a, a, a growth thing. I remember when Justin and I were in MTSU practice rooms in 2010, trying to figure out how to play Stakes as High by Robert Glasper all night. We couldn't do it. We were in there trying to figure out how was he playing in seven? Like we were in there from like one in the morning to six. And it's funny to me thinking because like later we do Instagram posts and we hear it. And I'm like, you remember when it took like six weeks for us to figure this out? Like we couldn't, we couldn't do it. And it's, it's so cool to see an evolution of that. And, um, and like I said, the leap of faith to tie it back in, like you said, um, uh, you just you have to have that mentality. I, I uh, especially lately within the last year, um, I, I streamlined my media. Uh, I was off of Facebook, I still am, and I streamline what I allow in my space. I streamline what I put in my system. I don't have a TV in my house. I haven't had one for years. Um, just now where I'm at, there's a TV in a common place, but I still don't have one like anywhere near me. Um, I'm not just watching stuff. I'm reading a lot of different things. Um, for those of you who do listen to this, if you have not read think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill, you should, it will change your life. Mm -hmm. I promise you. Uh, And if you, if you actually implement what those first five chapters in the beginning are talking about, I guarantee you, you will change your life in less than a month. Because when I started doing Mm -hmm. it, it changed my life in two weeks. And um, mm-hmm. I will mention that later. But that kind of stuff, um, <laughs> I meditate daily. Um, I get up and I write out affirmations daily. I, my, my morning and evening routines are so set with what I'm streamlining in my subconscious and what I'm reprogramming my mind. People underestimate the power of that subconscious. It's 300 times more powerful than your actual conscious mind. And you yeah. can really, you know, yeah. for what a lack of better words is, you can manifest a whole lot of things. And, and sometimes... People are afraid to take that jump like, hey, I'm not ready for it. And my mentality is, hey, we're going to take it. If I'm not ready for it, I'm going to get it anyway, and I'm going to figure it out in the process. Yeah. I'm going to take it. And now now it you're talking my stuff. Yeah, yeah you, for you're, real. You're like, talking my stuff now. That's what you, you do, you, man. you into my stuff. I love that. Yeah, because I'm, 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 in, I'm into Joseph Murphy yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. some other Neville Goddard. Y'all got to check some of that out, too. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, the, the Napoleon Hill 
And uh, yeah, that's that's really man. You, yeah. You're totally on point. Now, now I see. Yes, sir. <laughs> what, you see what you were doing. Yeah, man. And there's and there's some real power to that. I mean, I, I study. Uh, I don't just follow musicians. I, like I said, I, I was. Uh, I study famous athletes. I, I study successful people. Um, yep. I like I like money, and I'm going to say that in the way that money gives me freedom. Um, I never yeah. had it. I was struggling for totally. the longest. All of a sudden, I'm I'm not struggling like that anymore. And the the things that I have access to make life completely different. And um, the right. freedom of that allows for so much more abundance, for lack of better words. And I study yep. people. I study yep. like, hey, this dude's making six hundred grand a year. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Because the talent <laughs> yeah. level is not that much different. So what what are you doing right. differently? You know, and right. I, and the fitness that's, is a big thing it. too. You know, I I I've, I really empowered your fitness to help me with that. Um, I, I let myself just you know let my go stuff go at about I don't know 25, 24 for a couple of years, and and you know it just it's not productive. You know, now we're we've been back in the fitness is very very high. Um, I actually train some of some of the artists that I work for. It's very funny, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's something that streamlines. I'm up at six every morning doing the stuff. Then we're in the gym by seven. We're hitting it hard seven days a week, and I do. Yeah, well, that's a part of your arts, life because you, know? you did yeah, the soccer. It, it yeah, does. You, you, and yeah, it, you're right in. And it builds that yeah. discipline, yep. man. If you can change something and discipline your mind with your nutrition and your fitness and and transform your body, you can transform every other aspect of your life. And, and it's go. very, it's simple. Right. So I, I, I really kind of put those two together and that, that goes into how I practice right now is how I, I produce, you know, I, I work for, um, an artist, um, that I, I have to put out tracks daily for, and it's a, it's a great situation, but it streams on my work at the day. Like, hey, what is efficient? How can I get this out? I've got two hours. Let me get this idea, let it get it done and put it in there. You know, let me get that yeah. done so I can do other stuff. So, right. you know, yep. for lack of better words, I feel like that all kind of ties that those two questions in. So oh, I just got a little, little, little much. Yeah. This that is that was phenomenal because like it's I'm having so many like wah moments because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I mean, you just said so many golden nuggets and that that discipline that work ethic, that focus, like that's the things we're trying to talk about on the podcast is so that people yeah. understand that's what translates into making money in the music business. That's what translates Absolutely. into your success. It's Absolutely. not just, ooh, I can sing this song, so whatever. No, or I can play this instrument. It's all those things. And it's it's really interesting. I, it's just so divine. I just, I'm like always in awe of God. But um, I, you, hearing you, and I know how well we work together and then my other producer, Kendall, he's the same way. He's as disciplined. He's that same, you know, fitness discipline. He's a mm -hmm. vegan, you know, just like chicka, 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 chicka. And, mm -hmm. you know, you both inspire me to like be my higher self. So there's this yeah. constant. And so I really want artists to understand the importance of, of, that's why I was talking about that relationship with producers or with musicians. When you mentioned yeah, Justin yeah. and Alejandro, I mean, you guys I, I mean, the feedback, the reviews that I'm getting on favorite things, you know, the first thing that people are like is that production. My goodness, that I rearrangement. That. <laughs> my yeah. goodness. And, and even Gerald it, uh, himself. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going, sorry. No, I was yeah, say, even going. Gerald Albright himself. The reason yeah. why he agreed to do it is because he was like, my goodness, this this right. arrangement. And, you know, and we just gave him like the demo part, like nothing right, had been right. mixed, nothing had been, you yeah. know, and he already kind of saw it. So, you know, that that building relationship, that discipline, that working, that nuance, those hours, 
you know, these are the things that I hope people, when you're listening to this, understand that you have to create a practice. This is a practice. Yeah. It's not a, yeah. it's not a fluke. It's not, you can't just lean into just your gift. Your gift yeah. has a huge responsibility behind it because it, you know, lots, everybody has a gift, but that doesn't right. equal, you know, that doesn't equal freedom, like you just said, and success yeah, and yeah. abundance. So, yeah. you know, and, 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 you and success just doesn't hand it to you. So, and, and one more of that too, let me just say, when you were mentioning the production and stuff, I, um, I, I, you know, I acknowledge that I, I, I think I did a really good job with it. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> Although, but, yeah. uh, let me not mention my boy, Chad Judd, uh, who played guitar uh, on that track. Yeah. He's uh, like a yeah. secret weapon of mine. I love Chad. And then Alan, Alan, who mixed it. Yes. Alan's the truth, man. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Alan is the truth. Uh, he's a great dude. We had a great conversation for a couple hours um, amidst this process. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's been around for a while and he's, he's just the truth, though. His mixes are incredible. So let me just say thank I, you to that because it yeah. was incredible um also well, too, and, uh, just and, and, oh, go ahead go ahead no 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 i was gonna say with alan i mean it's so funny because the way alan got introduced was because of kendall and that kendall only really uses alan for his mixing and i've just seen what alan brings to the table and it's like my yeah. goodness these mixes yeah, are just incredible yeah. and so you know with your production his mix you know, Kendall helping with vocal production, all our talents. I mean, it was just like, wah, you know, so yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. I love it, but man. Go ahead. And uh, no, I was going to say too, uh, on that, that, that one more thing to touch on the, the whole, you know, how do you leap of faith thing? Um, just a couple of things that I know that sound like a little weird, but people always have um, that, uh, well, let me, let me go. Let me, I want to do this with my life, but let me have this just in case it doesn't work. Um, mm. if that's your mentality, you're never going to do it. Um, mm. Will Smith, I said, I think mm. said something about the, look, if you know, you want to be, I don't know, let's just, excuse me. If you want to play professional music and, and be successful at it, that should be your only plan A, your plan B, C, D, E, F, G, mm. and whatever else. And you find a way to make it work when you don't and you're failing, you change it up, you figure it out. You have to struggle a little bit. Like I've had plenty of weeks where we didn't eat. Alejandro could tell yeah. you stories. We used to have $5 between us and we used to buy some quesadillas and some cheese. And that was a good week. We <laughs> eat, we eat a couple times a day and then we just, we, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it's, it's, yeah. it happens. I've sold my equipment numerous times. I mean, like I'm Me talking too. all my equipment, you know, it's, it's one of those things, <laughs> Me you know, too. It, it happens, but you, you really, yeah. if you're, it almost becomes an obsession, but it, and an obsession, I feel like it has a negative tone to it, but it's not, it's just so driven mm. and that's your purpose. You find a way to make it work. And, and with that, mm. man, um, it's serious. And also the, the one other thing I was going to say is you, you mentioned about like, you know, just chemistry or just a, a special connection with producers or people or when the energy's right or all mm -hmm. that. But that's, that's a whole life thing. You'd have to, people forget to analyze um, their life and who they surround themselves with and what they allow in their spirit. But like energy and, and, mm -hmm. and toxicity is a thing. And if you can find the balance where you, you have nothing but situations, people, energy, media, anything that's coming into your life that's positive and influential and, and shaping you into something better and pushing you into a better person that's the stuff you want if something isn't regardless of what it is it, you got to have the courage to change it up and that's difficult people don't like that yeah. and um, i yeah. i'm just from personal experience i know you know I've, I've i've sacrificed plenty from friendships to relationships to even 
shoot, in, in family stuff. Like, I, I'll avoid stuff. I'm like, look, mm-hmm. you're not raising me up. This is draining me. This is draining from right. what my full potential is. This is this hurts. I have to I have to let it go. And yeah. that kind of yep. stuff, you'd be amazed when you're focused and balanced of how much powerful your, your destination and your, your vision and, and, and stuff come to fruition. So it's, it's one of those things. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. We, we're, we're definitely going to, uh, going to have to continue this conversation. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, there, there's, you, you just opened the door to a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I love it. I love it. And yes, Beautiful. we are, we are cutting on our time and, you know, actually the episode that we're planning to do after this. So listeners, make sure you keep tuning in. We're going to be talking about self care and what you nice just said (laughs) i think people think self-care just means oh i'm gonna get my toes done or you know for you know i'm gonna get my hair (laughs) done i'm gonna get a cute outfit or you know i'm gonna sit no no the energy 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 Mm -hmm. energy that is it is it, it is it is the thing that never dies like energy can never be broken it just gets transferred and transformed so I, I just really, I'm so excited we were able to have you on. Yeah. Right. So I'm very, I'm honored. Thank you. It was, it was delightful. Uh, well, I just think you're such an amazing talent. And I, you know, I try very hard to, um, you know, whenever people ask, oh, you know, you know, Kenya, you did this. And I'm like, you know, I really appreciate that. And thank you. But I really have to acknowledge the people, you know, behind this stuff. You know, you may see me in my little blue dress that clearly I need to wear blue more because I've got more people. I will say compliments to the pictures. They look great. Kenya, well done. They're they're great. (laughs) But I'm like, but the whole, the whole energy and team behind that, you know, and I always try so hard to acknowledge you know, those, those people and, and let them tell their stories so that people understand things in context. Context really is the inspiration, the story, the, you know, the behind the scene is usually where people really latch on and can really find the true, you know, desire and and motivation to move. So I appreciate you sharing so many golden nuggets. It's been really, really wonderful. And um, if you could, it sounds like you said you streamline your social media. So how can people in that one line (laughs) be able to, to follow you and see all the wonderful stuff you're doing? Uh, I guess, wow. I don't even know my own Instagram handle. Is that that messed up? (laughs) Is that messed up? We'll put links. Uh, we'll put we'll links put in, in the show notes. Show yeah, no, it's uh, you'd find me like on that under either Alma Pura um, on YouTube or it's under Estuardo Galeno Stapleton on on Instagram, and uh, yes. you'll see me on a talk box a lot or just me with my picture up because I'm extra. So you know, it's kind of easy for <laughs> for me to figure for you to figure it out. But uh, yeah, those two are kind of like the main things that I do. If not, I get tagged in a whole bunch of stuff with a lot of things right now. So you'll see me just being extra somewhere yeah. randomly. It's fine. Yeah, we'll it. we'll yeah. put it all in our show notes. We'll put uh, it in the show a, notes and and definitely check out his um his stories if you're on Instagram. He does some really wonderful quotes and inspiration. Yeah. It's but all also it's showing. all just Kenya. It's all just Kenya now in her uh, blue dress and all their charts. It's this I just read all stories. Kenya. You know? <laughs> That's all I do. We did. We we got most added on Billboard uh, Smooth Jazz chart. We were amongst the most yeah, I was about added. To, so. to give you the congratulations on that on yeah, the show, definitely. Yeah, you, 
there's yeah. there's a lot of other charts too that are smaller, more independent. That it is it was also as most added. I didn't put all that on social media quite yet, but um, Billboard obviously is the is the monster in the right. in the music industry. So you know it's a yep. huge honor whenever you're acknowledged by them. So absolutely, um, we'll put the stuff, we'll put the info in the show notes, and you guys make sure you watch his YouTube because that way you can see why I was like that dude. I need to hey. send him a message. Wow. <laughs> Love it. Um, Oh, he's got some good stuff. Really good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Right, Beautiful. Well. well, that's 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 it. So we we will be back uh, next week, and uh, yeah, Ken, Ken, it'll be just me and Kenya um, yeah. for the for the next show. But uh, and that'll be our last show for the uh, for the year, and we'll we'll crank it back up in January. But continue to to check out the other podcasts. It's not like there's any uh, <laughs> a dearth of podcasts for you all to check out. So, uh, you know, keep keep commenting and we 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 enjoy you all's comments and thanks for listening to us. And uh we'll be back next week. Yep. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. And we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please leave us a comment on our page. If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbizbiz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.